We're going to talk about serving again uh, in our vision series, and I'm I'm excited about I'm excited about today. So we're going to look at Luke chapter eight, verse twenty six, starting in, in verse twenty six. So I just told you we're talking about serving, but we're going to read a story about a guy who gets delivered from a demon. So just bear with me, all right? Come along for the ride. We'll figure it out. Luke chapter eight, starting in verse twenty six, it says they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes. Look at your neighbor and say, that's awkward. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice. What do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, I beg you, don't torture me. Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot, kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what's your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to, uh, not to order them to go into the abyss. Now, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, pause here for a second. I'm going to admittedly tell you that this is the strangest next couple of verses in, in scripture. And I don't know that anybody's got a really good handle on it, but it's just what happened. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs and he gave them permission. I don't know why they just did. Some things you won't find out till you get to heaven. And one of the things I'm going to ask Jesus is like, dude, what was up with the pigs? When the demons came out of the man, they went to the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When they're sending the pigs that saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the garrisons asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Father, we thank you this morning. We know your word has the power to transform our lives every time we look into it. So God, we didn't come here to just have a good church service. Lord, we came to renew our minds. We're going to look into this together. And Lord, we pray that you do the work of causing us to think differently and in turn causing us to act differently and bring glory and honor to you. We thank you for this opportunity we have together and pray that you bless it. Christ's name, everyone said, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. I talked about social media a little bit last week and it made me think of my Instagram account, which I am borderline famous. Can you guys put that video up, but just pause it immediately? Not that. I don't even know what that is. 
Wrong video. Okay, here. I have 367 followers. You know, if you guys love me, you would bump that at least to 400 today. At HC Pastor. There you go. I'm only about 9,600 people away from being famous. 9,600. I think 10,000 is that limit. I, I wanted to show you something, though, because my, my Instagram feed is as exotic as you can get. Like, it's pretty amazing. And you should be enamored by it. And so you, sh- you should follow me. So go ahead. Go ahead and hit play. Um, so right there, pause it. That's me changing the water pump on my truck. Hashtag mechanic, pastor mechanic. All right, let it go up. Okay, then the next one is me with a missionary who has an awesome curl mustache. Wax the whole thing, just rings it up into a big curl. That's Brad Foltz, good friend of mine. Those are two books that I read. These are me eating mussels in Brussels. For real. The next one is me standing in front of a rhino in Switzerland, in Zurich, uh, because I didn't see any rhinos in Africa, so I had to chase one down in Switzerland. Keep going. That's me getting a haircut in Nairobi. I had to get it fixed when I got back. That's me in a town called Kisi. Pastor Don's been there with me. Uh, keep going. I said something really nice about my wife on that one. That got like 200 likes. That's me and um, uh, my friend Evans, who will be here uh, in August, and Nat Sagenario, a great missionary. That's that's an that's a international water heater. That's got 240 volts going to the head of your shower. You don't adjust that. That's me being famous in the home. My picture is on the wall in a village outside of a little town, a town called Kisi in Kenya. And this is my buddy Tom's parents. I walked in and I saw my picture was on the wall. I thought I really am famous. (laughs) Keep going. Uh, that's some more. That's my buddy Tom and the and the bishop in, in between. This is a guy playing country roads in a restaurant in Africa. <laughs> it's a very good moment. Keep going. This, this is us preaching. This is Africa. That's Happy Father's Day. I was in Africa. That's Africa. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Here we go. Keep going. Keep going. That's in Africa. Keep going. Keep going. Let it go, let it go. Oh, that's a WVU with my middle daughter, Emma, who's sitting over here. Orientation, that's her graduation. Yeah, that's me and my brother and our two sons. Before Easter, or right after Easter, we went to a, a big car show thing in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and, and it rained one day, so we went and drove uh, go-karts. Keep, keep going. Just let it go now. This is building the church. This is at a conference that we do. Uh, this is a picture. Oh, that's exotic. Look at that big place. Oh, building the church, building the church, building the church, building the church. Keep going. Uh, building the church. Uh, dreaming about building the church. <laughs> Christmas while we're building a church. That's my son driving a piece of equipment while we're building the church. That's I wish I could go home from building the church. Uh, that's my buddy Tom who came and visited us. That's me and my son building the church. That's building the church, building the church. That's my son getting his driver's permit. That's building the church, building the church. And that's a bear in my backyard. 
That's me in the cockpit of a C-17 while we were in flight. That's a vacation picture a couple years ago. That's a book that I read that I didn't listen to. Um, (laughs) Building the church, building the church. It's a little fire pit we made. That's something my son made. And then that's me uh, in Qatar, exotic. That's me in Africa again. Me driving in Africa with a pair of cool sunglasses that I lost, which I wish I still had. Africa, 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 Africa. Okay, you can shut it off. I don't, you're not getting your phones out. You should really, really be helping me out a little bit. Here's the, here's the thing. That what you'll find out is I'm only taking pictures of, uh, of just little things in my, just very short periods of time in my life. How many pictures were between the two Africa trips? Maybe Yeah, 10, they were all pictures. Most of them were pictures of building the church. So, but I can tell you between the two Africa trips, I was still alive and there was things going on. They were just normal things though. It was exactly like your life. I go to the same restaurants every week. We we eat at King's Pizza. Sam, how many? Two, two times a week, we eat a King's Pizza. In Hedgesville, when I sit down, they just bring me my drink. One time I switched it and the dude was like, uh, my, my oldest daughter, Madeline, and my, and my daughter, Emma, both work at Chick-fil-A. It's embarrassing how many meals we eat there. When we walk in, they're just like, oh. They look over and they say, Emma, your family's here. And she's like rolling her eyes again. When my son was growing up, he went there. My, my dad took him there so often that they would like have his lunch ready for him when he showed up. We are a family of routines. We wake up the same time every morning. We, we go to the same jobs. I come into this building every day and there's nothing spectacular that happens. I don't even have an office. We sit in the kid's break room. Me, Adam, Sam, and Donna. Well, she has an office. How did she get an office and we don't have one? So we sit there every day. Same room. Wondering when the office is going to get finished. And, uh, and that's about it. But if you look at my Instagram account, Exotic. So about two weeks out of the year, I do something crazy. 50 weeks out of the year, nothing. (laughs) Zero, nothing. Just trying to figure out how to keep the kids' cars running. Trying to figure out, it's just normal everyday life. Anybody say amen to that? It's just normal everyday life. There's nothing exotic about it. There's nothing exotic about it. It's just get up and go to work. Get up and go to work. Get up and what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to get up and go to work. I'm going to get up and go to work. And then I'm going to figure out more work. And then I'm going to work some more. And then I'm going to work some more. And then every now and then, you do a thing where you go on vacation. And you post those pictures online and everybody's like, oh, they're so exotic. No, you're boring. You're boring. You just get away from the boring every now and then. That's it. So you're like, well, what's that got to do with a guy getting a demon cast out of him? The, the, issue, the issue is, is we are attracted 
to the supernatural, aren't we? We, um, in our culture today, we want everything to be exotic. We want everything to be out of the ordinary. We, we're, the adrenaline thrills are uh, unbelievable. We want, we want to be able to do all these crazy things. We, and so what happens is we look at people's Instagram feeds, Facebook, all this stuff. And, and you do realize there are statistics that prove that the more you are on Facebook, the less you are satisfied with your own life. Can I give you some help? Shut it off. Because those people's lives are just as boring as you, yours are. They just take pictures of the little sparks that happen. So I take pictures of two weeks out of the year, and it looks like I'm a globetrotter. No, I'm not. I take one trip every year. One trip. But if you look at my Instagram account, it looks like I'm there all the time. Because I don't post any normal things. So we have a guy who's been demon possessed and it's bad. It's really bad. It's to the point where nobody can shackle him. He can break chains. He has the, the demonic forces in him have isolated him away from society. He is naked. And... An absolutely miraculous thing happens. When Jesus steps off the boat, uh, the Bible indicates that, that the guy knows it. And all of a sudden, the demons in him are worried. And so he comes to Jesus and he, he identifies him, Luke tells us. He knows who he is, Jesus. Did you come here to do? So they have this little conversation back and forth. What's your name? Legion. And Legion, uh, in those times, a Roman Legion was about 5,000. So you talk about split personalities. So Jesus decides he's going to deliver this guy from demon possession. Only the demons say, hey, don't throw us into the abyss. Let us go into the pigs. And again, there's some people that take stabs at this, but this is just crazy. In those times, Jews hated pigs. They were, they were dirty animals. And today, we're looking like all that bacon just ran over the cliff. <laughs> so Jesus, for whatever reason, you can ask him when you get to heaven. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they say, hey, don't send us into the abyss. Can you just send us into the pigs? And Jesus goes, yeah, just get out of him. So they go into the pigs. The pigs immediately jump off the cliff into the abyss. (laughs) Now the whole town finds out. They come out to the guy and they see him sitting in front of Jesus, dressed in his right mind, having a conversation, and it floors them. It actually says it scares them. It scares them because this was a miracle. This was not everyday common practice in this town. This wasn't, hey man, uh, I had another herd of pigs run off the cliff. Somebody must have got delivered from a demon. They had never experienced anything. This was a true miracle in this town. Enough that uh, it, was, it was miraculous and out of the ordinary enough for everybody to come out and want to see what happened. And then the word starts getting out, where's Jimmy's pigs? Well, there's that part where they, the demons went into the pigs and they ran off the cliff. 
forgot to mention that. And everybody says, hey, you know what? We think it'd be better if you just left. Happy about the guy, but this whole thing is weird. We're, we're not sure what's happening. This whole thing, we'd just be better off if you left. So, um, so a couple of things we're talking about serving. Um, one of the things that we have to realize in church is that the miraculous is just that. It's the miraculous. It's not normal. Amen? Now, if you can do some weird tricks and roll your eyes backwards or you're all double jointed and you can, that's fine. That's not miraculous. That's freaky. The miraculous is just that. It's the supernatural. It's, it's, it's somebody being healed of cancer. It's somebody being delivered from a demon. It's, it's somebody getting sight when they were, when they were blind. It, it, it's the miraculous. It's something that doesn't happen all the time. It, it's, it's the mirac- That's why it's called the miraculous because if it, if it actually happened all the time, it would be called normal. But, but I need to let you know, some of you coming into the church don't realize we're, we're part of the, uh, we're, we're a, in the fellowship of the assemblies of God. And, and, and that's an indication that we're Pentecostal. And I grew up in the assemblies of God in a Pentecostal church. And, and I would say over the years, we, we uh, as Pentecostals, we have always been enamored by the miraculous. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, we want it to happen all the time. All the time. I just want to walk into Walmart. And everybody stops wearing pajamas. Like right then. Wouldn't that be amazing? In the name of Jesus, no pajamas. It's like, everybody's dressed normal. You thought that before. You just didn't think about using Jesus' name to get it done. You thought about that. But as Pentecostals, we get this appetite for the supernatural. And I don't think it's a bad appetite as long as, as long as it's a realistic appetite. Because remember, miraculous is just that. The miraculous is not normal. And even in Jesus' time, when, when he was walking through the earth, people still died. There were people that did not get healed. There were, there were people that suffered even while Jesus was walking the earth. I use, a, I use a thing all the time, Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead after being dead four days and his, and his friends are going, Jesus, you really want to do this? He stinks right now. Like, I don't know if you know, it's, it's been hot and he, and he smells bad. No, 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 roll the stone away. Jesus raises him from the dead. I'm not a, I'm not a pessimist, but I'm going to let you know, Lazarus died again. And nobody raised him from the dead the second time. So we have the instances of the miraculous, but the reality of our lives is most of it is spent outside the miraculous. Amen. Uh, I've told some of you before that my birth was miraculous, not just because it was me, but uh, I was born in Dover, Delaware and in an air force base. And, and my gestation period was just a little bit longer than most of yours. It was almost 10 months. I need a little more developing time, I guess. But I went into a, uh, uh, my mom went into emergency labor and the umbilical cord had wrapped around my, me- my neck. They, they had estimated I went 25 minutes with no oxygen. And so they told my parents I was dead. And, uh, and so I guess in 1976, when the baby comes out screaming, they're like, well, <laughs> good for you guys. <laughs> 
And they told my parents he'll have brain damage. You're just going to have to wait and see how much. That's not funny. I think I'm a mildly functioning adult. They said, you're just going to have to wait and see what happens. So that's, the, that's a miracle. The rest of my life has not looked like that. It's not every, it's not every other month that I'm going, <gasps> 45 minutes, God's doing it again. No, it's not happening. The rest of my life looks somewhat plain. So, so here's, here's what happened. Uh, here's what happened when I, when I was growing up in Pentecost and, and here's the danger is that we can make the supernatural, the criteria for God moving. So watch this. If, if miracles are the only sign that the presence of God is doing something, then you'll miss most of what the presence of God does. Because the miraculous is just that. It doesn't happen all the time. It's miraculous. It's supernatural. It's not all the time. It's not every day. You're not waking up going, whoo, I was dead and now I'm alive. No, you were asleep. So it's not every day. But every day God does something. Every day he's faithful. We just, we just sang a song about it. Every day he's faithful. He's faithful. Every day he's with you. He's not going to leave. He's in the fire. He's in, he's in all these things. Every day, every day. So in the, in the mundane of everyday life, God is doing things. But when we hold up the miraculous as the only indication that he's doing something, we set ourselves up for a crisis. Amen? So I can remember being at times where like, man, we need to be a New Testament church. In case you didn't know, we are a New Testament church. We're after the Old Testament. By default, we're a New Testament church. But what we'll say is we want to be an Acts type church. Where there was miracles and wonders and signs. And we hold that up as a criteria. And then when God is faithful in the mundane, we ignore it. Because they say, well, nobody's legs are growing back on. I would rather nobody lose their legs. I started thinking about, do we really want to be an Acts type church? Because that means you would probably have to be arrested for casting a demon out of a slave girl, get thrown into jail, by the way, flogged by Romans, thrown into jail, and then the miracle comes. I don't know if you're signing up for that. It's like, hey man, after church, we're going to go knock the window out of a cop's car and we're going to get locked up. Then we're going to preach to everybody in jail. We need something miraculous to happen. But we don't live that life in the United States. Nobody's getting thrown in prison for praying for somebody. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're still not convinced. Maybe you want to be an Acts type church where, um, where you get arrested uh, without cause. Let's talk about Paul. You get arrested without cause you, and you end up getting appealing it up to the highest place you can appeal it. So you get on a ship to go to Rome. And when you get on the ship to go to Rome, God tells you that it's, you're going to be in a shipwreck, but everybody needs to stay together. So your plan through God keeps everybody alive. You get off the boat only to get on the island and get bit by a snake. That sounds like an ax type church to me. 
So we set ourselves up for a crisis in our life when the only time we see God do something is in the big spectacular things. And our culture is playing into this because the only time I post pictures is in the spectacular. If I look at your Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, if I look at you, the only time you're posting pictures is in the spectacular. Now I know there's some people post pictures every day. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. But we have this sensationalism, this need for it all the time, all the time, all the time, where we, it's got to be spectacular. And we set ourselves up for a crisis because it's oftentimes God's the most faithful in the mundane. Not when something crazy's happened, but hey, wait a second, we just went 10 years and nothing crazy happened. But we didn't give glory to God for it because we didn't even realize it was happening. But we want to see a miracle. The miracle is that you didn't need a miracle. But we miss it. So we set ourselves up for a crisis and we start questioning, well, why isn't God doing anything? We're just looking in the wrong spot. So if miracles are the only thing you consider as a move of God, then we're going to miss most of the moves of God. So if there's not a miraculous healing, there must be something wrong. If there's not a miraculous deliverance, there must be something wrong. If there's not a miraculous provision, there must be something wrong. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong. But most of our life is not one miraculous thing after another. And it wasn't for this guy either. Watch what happens here. It says that he tried, he begged Jesus to take him with him. This is fun. Could you imagine? Um, 15 minutes ago, you were buck naked, breaking chains. Just think about yourself. Don't think about anybody else. Now you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, dressed and in your right mind. I'm going with him. I'm going with him. Jesus and the guys with him decide, hey, it's time to leave. Crowd's getting a little rowdy, upset about them filthy pigs. It's time to leave. The guy realizes they're leaving. He says, hey, take me with you. I got to go with you. I got to go with you. I got to go with you. I got to go. Wouldn't you want to go? Dude, that's the miracle cruise. If I get on the boat with him, everything's going to be fine. I heard the disciples don't even work. They just walk around with Jesus healing people. And I heard that he's got food that nobody even knows he's got. Woman at the well reference. So he's begging him, take me with you, take me with you, take me with you, take me with you. And Jesus says something on the surface that if you look at it seems as insensitive as it could possibly get. Jesus says, no, stay here. When you read it, you're like, dude, what's your problem? Why don't you just let him come with you? He he wants to be a disciple. Why don't you just let him come? Jesus says, no, stay here to tell everybody what happened. So my question to you this morning is that in our sensationalist environment, what if he asked you to stay? 
When we're just chasing a miracle, gotta do a miracle, do a miracle. Oh, we gotta put something miraculous on Facebook. We gotta, we gotta look exotic and we, we gotta do all this stuff and we, and we set ourselves up for this crisis. No, God was supposed to do all this for me and now He didn't. I don't know what. You're not coming with me, you're gonna stay here. You're not coming with me, you're gonna stay here. I have a sneaky suspicion that the rest of His life was not that miraculous. The rest of His life was probably not that miraculous. He probably had to get a job. Maybe he got a family. Maybe he got a dad bod. Think about it. And everybody's looking at him like, man, when he was demon-possessed, he was so much more fit. And what happened? He got delivered, now he's kind of chubby. His life's normal now. He was delivered, but he was sent back to do the mundane. No, I want to go where the miracles are. I want to go with the miracle boat. I want to go with the God doing the miracles. I want to go. I want to go. I want to be with the cool kids. I want to go. I want to go. And Jesus said, no, stay here. Just tell everybody. Well, how long do I have to stay here? He didn't give him a time. No, just stay here. Tell everybody what happened. Stay here. Tell everybody what happened. Stay here. Tell everybody what happened. So there's no more record of what happened. The guy just stays. Jesus hops in the boat with the other disciples. They take off. He stays there telling everybody what happened. The problem is, 10 years goes by, he's telling the same story. He's telling the same story. When I was growing up, my mom would remind me every time I do something stupid, did something stupid, you almost died. I'm like, dude, I get it. I'm not dead though. I'm fine. You almost, you almost. So I appreciate that, but it's an old story. It's not spectacular anymore. But Jesus said, no, 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 stay and just be faithful in the mundane. Stay and serve in the mundane. Stay and serve. Stay and serve. Just stay and serve people. What are you going to do? I'm going to stay and serve people. I'm not going with him. He told me to stay and serve people. So what if you're asked to stay? What if you're asked to do something that doesn't look spectacular? What if you're asked to do something that doesn't look like a miracle? What if you're asked to do something? What if, what if most of our lives walking on this earth is not miracles just coming down from heaven all the time? What if it's just the mundane where God says, go into Walmart and smile at somebody tomorrow. Go, 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 go to the grocery store and help somebody get the groceries out, out to their car. What if, what if it's just be nice to your neighbor with the dog that barks at two o'clock in the morning every night. And you're like, I'm, I'm telling you right now. What if it's just, I'm going to serve in the Monday. What are you doing 10 years from now? I'm just telling, he just told me to stay here and tell him what happened. I got nothing else. Really hadn't been any more miracles. I'm just keep telling him that I was the naked guy out breaking chains and now I'm not. And Jesus delivered me. That's what I do from now on out. What if our lives seem normal the rest of our lives? See, see we're getting ready to come up on um, Hope Works where we're gonna do a whole month. And we set all these projects up. There's people taking pictures, and if you surf, you might, you might be able to get your picture on, on Instagram. Yeah. Maybe on my exotic Instagram feed. And there'll be 348 other people going, whoa. Maybe 400 after today. Come on, please, HC Pastor. 
But what, what worries me is there's a, um, there's a September, an October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. There's 11 months out of the year where nobody's taking pictures. And it might not seem like anything miraculous has happened. The churches are doing a big drive to serve everybody in the community. And all these things happen. Can we be good at just serving people in the mundane? When there's no miracle taking place, when there's no big, big slideshow, when there's no Instagram, when there's no Facebook, when nobody's paying attention, when nobody cares, can we stay and tell people what he did? I told the first service, if the band will come up, I'm going to wrap up with this. I told the first service that I am a realist, optimistic skeptic. I don't know if you could do all that, but I'm going to explain it to you. So I'm a realist. When I come here on Sunday morning, I don't want to set you up. Like, I'm coming. I'm going to preach three services. We're going to have a good Sunday. I'm optimistic about it. I'm optimistic about it. We're going to have a good time in church. Because I've determined I'm going to have a good time today whether you do or not. Because God told me if me and my wife show up and one of my kids, two or three, that he'd be here with me. So if you guys want to come along for the party, you're invited. But we're going to have a good time. So I'm optimistic. But I'm also a little bit of a skeptic, and here's why. <laughs> I love this. I've, I see pastors nowadays, and they, and they say things like this. Don't miss this Sunday. This will be the most life-changing sermon you have ever heard. Don't miss. Whatever you do, don't miss this Sunday. I know me, and I'm going, probably not. I'll just be honest. It's probably not. I don't think this will be the best sermon I ever preach. So I'm not going to get out. Don't miss this Sunday. It's going to transform your life. You'll never hear me say that. Because you might show up and go, eh. Is that true? You left last Sunday and you went, I mean, I guess it was worth it. You're going to come and laugh. That's a guarantee. I'll lose my job to make you laugh. (laughs) So what happens is this. I don't want to set you up for a crisis. So I'm not going to oversell the thing. I'm not going to oversell. I'm not going to oversell you coming to Christ. I'm not going to oversell you coming to this church. Here's what the deal is. You come to Christ and he will walk with you just like we sang for every day of your normal life till you breathe your last breath. And then he will redeem you from where you should have went and he will pull you up to where he intended you to be. That's the promise he gave us. He didn't tell us he'd make everything rosy. He didn't tell us he'd make everything perfect. He said, I'll be with you till the end of the age. And then after everybody shuts their eyes for the last time, I will give you the glorious riches in heaven that nobody can describe. That's the promise. Now listen, that's the promise. In between that is a lot of, that was a pretty good sermon. So I'm not going to oversell. Come to church on Sunday morning to transform your life because I'm preaching. So I'm going to say, you know what? We got an opportunity to hang out together this morning and look into God's word and get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And if your life this week is going to be boring like mine, I'm going to try to take a moment to look at and see how God's doing things. I'm a, but at the end of the day, he told me to stay and just tell people what happened. If another miracle never happens, he told me to stay and just serve. 
if, if, if things don't go the way I thought they were going to go, he just told me to stay and serve. If, if, if I never, if I never get raised from the dead again, he told me to stay and serve. If I, if I never get another demon cast out of me, which I hope that doesn't happen, I'll stay and serve. If nothing ever miraculous happens again, I won't chase that. I'll chase what he called me to do. I'll chase what he called me to do. Because here, at the end of the day, here's what I figured out. If I tell you every week that it's going to be the most earth-shattering sermon you've ever heard, I'm just trying to get the numbers to go up. I'm not being real with you. So here's what I want us to do as a church. I want God to do a miracle. Don't misunderstand anything I'm saying. I want him to heal, set free, deliver. But I know it's just that. It's a miracle and it's not going to happen all the time, every day. And I'm going to have to wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning and go, well, I got to go back to the church. And my back still hurts. Now maybe God would do a miracle and give me another bed. But right now I'm sleeping in the same bed and I wake up in the morning and my back hurts. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go tell him what he did. That's it. Nothing spectacular happened today. So I'm going to go back to work, tell him what he did. I'm going to go back to work, tell him what he did. I'm going to go back to work, tell him what he did. In 10 years, when nothing else spectacular happens, what are you doing now? I'm going to tell him what he did. He left me back here. The miracle happened 50 years ago and I'm still telling people what he did. Amen. Stand to your feet. We need to be a church that is super excited when God does something supernatural, but is unbelievably consistent when he does it. So if God is healing people today and does it tomorrow, it doesn't shake our faith one, one bit. We just wake up and go, hey, he left us here, told us to tell everybody. He left us here, told us to tell everybody. He left us here, told us to tell everybody. We're praying for the miracle, but if it doesn't come, he left us here, told us to tell everybody. We're going to be consistent. We're not going to be in crisis mode because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. We're going to be consistent. So at the end, at the end of your journey and at the end of my journey, when we get in front of him, he doesn't say, hey man, look at all the miracles you did. No, he says, well done, thou good and faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He doesn't like to say, well done, good and good and miracle chasing. No, well done, good and faithful. When there was no reason you should have kept doing what you're doing, you still do it anyway. When the, when the miracle boat left, you stayed and told everybody. Faithful. Father, we ask you this morning to help us be faithful. In the midst of the mundane, in the midst of the just the everyday minutia of what happens, we pray, Lord, that we'd be the most faithful church that you found, God. That when everything seems normal, And there's nothing spectacular happen. You can find us staying and telling people what happened. God, we offer this to you today. This all we have to give you is our faithfulness in response to yours. Lord, we are committed here. When there's nobody taking pictures, we'll still serve. When there's nobody making an account of it, we'll still serve. When there's no miracles happening, we'll still serve people. Because you left us to tell the story. Thank you for entrusting us, God. Thank you for putting a calling on our lives. Thank you, God, that you're still with us. And we will honor you with every day that you give us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church, could you give him praise and honor this morning? He's good. Amen. Hey, listen, why don't you encourage somebody to be faithful this week? And we'll see you back here on the same day, same time next week.